is inflation? Has it truly peaked? Are we coming back down? How quick is it coming down? And is the central bank or are the central banks going to have to continue to act and continue to raise rates aggressively? Welcome to Views from the Desk, a special edition of the BMO ETFs podcast. In these timely episodes, we provide the latest investment news and expert commentary on the markets, the economy, and investing. Brought to you by BMO Global Asset Management. Interest rate hikes, the Ontario provincial election, and the stock market's recent rebound have all been making headlines this week. In today's episode, portfolio managers Chris McKinney and Matt Montemiro, along with your host Mark Rays, round up the latest news and discuss expectations for inflation and further interest rate hikes, global infrastructure, and Canadian bank earnings. Before we hear from the team, please consider subscribing to Views from the Desk on your preferred podcast platform. And for many more ETF insights and resources, visit the new and improved Canadian ETF dashboard at bmoetfs.ca. Hello, and welcome to our BMO ETF weekly insight call with our team of experts. I'm today's host, Mark Reyes, head of product with BMO Global Asset Management. I'd like to thank everyone for listening in. We certainly appreciate your time. We're joined today by Chris McKinney and Matt Montemiro, both PMs on our ETF desk. And thanks to both of you for joining us today. Thanks. Good morning. Good morning, Mark. Thanks for having us. Good morning. Well, appreciate your time as well. Let's get right into the questions. Certainly, advisors have been noticing that markets have been generally climbing over the past week or so, granted some some down days as well. Is this just a sign of an oversold market or are there positive catalysts in the market? Can you use ZSP to support your comments? Thanks. Sure. And I think, you know, there's probably a couple things going on in the market right now, but probably most importantly for equities and and equity valuations is that we've seen a calming down of interest rates, largely and inflation expectations. So if we take a look at both Canada and the U.S., you know, those 10-year yields both popped up a little bit above 3% and uh, have come back down from that level, a few basis points from there. As well, you know, you take a look at break-evens, and particularly in the U.S. here, I'm looking at, again, over that 10-year time horizon, so longer-term break-evens, uh, those have come back down from above 3% as well. And in fact, they're pretty close to, you know, where we started the year, actually, and maybe a little bit, maybe just a little bit higher than, um, you know, when the Russian invasion uh, into Ukraine happened. And so, uh, you're seeing this kind of unwinding of those um, inflation concerns. That's what I would call it as, you know, significant concerns around runaway inflation. Um, at the same time, we have, you know, let's call them somewhat loose assurances from North American central banks uh, of the interest rate increases that we're going to see over the next couple of months. Um, and so I think we're likely to see both in the U.S. and in Canada uh, 50 basis point increases over the next two meetings um, out of both of those central banks. And that's been somewhat telegraphed um, from uh, commentators and central bank leaders. So there's, at least for now, a little bit of clarity as to what's going to happen both in the short-term uh, rates market and there's a little bit of comfort uh, in the longer end there as, uh, uh, in terms of what that means for inflation. 
Now, can that change? Of course, that, that can change again. But I think what it's going to take is a few months here of some more uh, inflation prints, some more economic data to come out to see is inflation, has it truly peaked? Are we coming back down? How quick is it coming down? Um, and is the central bank or are the central banks going to have to continue to act and continue to raise rates aggressively? So that's the concern that's still out there. But I think for now, uh, that concern has somewhat subsided. And so we're starting to see um, equity valuations find a bit of a floor here. And so, if, if again, if there is some comfort around where interest rates are moving, you know, that expected and implied volatility of interest rate moves is starting to come back down again as well. So, again, there's a little bit of certainty uh, out there. Now, in terms of what is moving, and, uh, you know, you, you referenced ZFT, that's the S&P 500 ETF here. Um, offered by Demo, we have seen it climb, you know, a couple percent, um, call it six percent or so off the bottom that we saw, um, uh, you know, a little over a week ago. We've seen uh, technology rise along with that, and that's largely um, the large cap technology names. So if you think about um, the payment processors like Visa and uh, Mastercard, you think of Apple and the like. So. You know, the large cap names, and we're not talking about the, the hyper growth, um, low income type of technology. We're talking about the large cap technology here that's done fairly well on the back of that, you know, again, slowing down of, uh, of interest rates. We've also seen financials do fairly well. Um, and so, uh, you know, there's a little bit of shift going on uh, within the S&P 500 and within the sectors that are performing. Certainly, uh, utilities has held up earlier in the year when markets were down, and certainly has still been positive over the last week or so, but at a much lower rate uh, than what some of these other sectors have done. So the defensive sectors, you know, still um, performing as expected, and uh, again, the the growthier type sectors um, starting to bounce back a little bit here. So I think as we we go into the summer months, um, you know, as we move past these next couple of months of expected. Uh, interest rate increases, it will be, um, you know, all eyes on inflation prints and on uh, economic growth as well, on GDP as well, uh, because that will give an idea of uh, how healthy the consumer is, how, how healthy the, the economy is, and how well it will be able to withstand a slowdown, because certainly we are expecting a slowdown in economic growth. That's what interest rate increases are intended to do, is to slow down um, that pace of growth. And so, um, we think uh, there is still room left uh, for uh, markets to go up from here into the end of the year. Again, hopefully, um, you know, there's some subsiding of that inflation risk and uh, certainly will depend on, of course, geopolitical factors as well, how those play out uh, over, the, over the balance of the year. But, um, you know, we, we do think uh, there is still upside and the U.S. market is, is likely the one to lead the way. Um, at least from a global perspective, you know, Canada has performed uh, very well year to date so far, largely on the back of the energy complex. Um, and if we see that slowing down at all in terms of growth, um, that could lead to, um, you know, some relative uh, outperformance going back uh, to the U.S. And so uh, ZSP we think probably a great way to play that. And again, it's uh, because of uh, the market cap structure there, you have those larger cap tech names. Um, at the top of the uh, at the top of the weighting, uh, and those are the ones that again should perform fairly well as they have been beaten up quite a bit um, for the, in the first few months of the year. 
Um, and if we do get a, a slowdown of inflation expectations and, and interest rates stay somewhat stable, uh, we should see a benefit there. Great. Thanks for that, Chris. And certainly lots of things to think about. And I would add in, you know, expectations on global supply chains as well as we've certainly seen continued difficulties on that front. Are your clients looking for enhanced yield and protection against volatility? Check out BMO GAM's monthly covered calls, derivatives, and volatility landscape report, which features the latest performance numbers from BMO's suite of covered call and enhanced yield ETF solutions, including the BMO Covered Call Canadian Banks ETF, ticker ZWB, and the BMO Covered Call U.S. Banks ETF, ticker ZWK. Access the report today at BMOETFs.ca. Well, let's switch over to bonds now. We've got the provincial election coming up shortly in Ontario. And, of course, we've also shortly uh, got a Bank of Canada announcement as well. So it's a good time to check in on provincial bonds. I see that our short provincial bonds with ZPS has outperformed the equivalent federal and corporate short ETFs this quarter. Can you comment on the movement of provincial spreads, plus add your outlook as we look through the rest of the year? Thanks. It's definitely a, a busy week. We have the Bank of Canada announcement uh, later today, so it's in about half an hour where uh, I think the market right now expects an additional 50 basis point hike, you know, small chance of 75, which would be, I think, uh, a little bit of a surprise to, to the market. But I think right now we're, we're, everyone's expecting that 50 basis point hike. You have the Ontario uh, provincial election tomorrow, and it's also a, a short week uh, in the U.S., uh, south of the border, and then also in the U.K. with some holidays. So definitely busy times in the market uh, uh, this week. You know, it does seem that the status quo is expected for uh, Ontario with uh, early reports indicating that the Conservatives and Doug Ford have a, a pretty commanding lead. And I think the expectation right now is that they'll they'll get a majority and, and potentially get uh, the largest number of seats that conservative, conservatives have ever won in Ontario, which is uh, maybe a little bit surprising. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and if that has any effect uh, going forward. But I think a lot of that is now going to be, uh, if, if that does, it'll be a little bit of status quo, what we've seen over the last little while. Uh, looking at the fixed income markets, uh, as you had mentioned, you know we've seen provincial bonds perform well this quarter. You know, especially relative to uh, the other segments of the market in terms of federals and corporates. You know, I think during this period of volatility where we've seen corporate spreads widen significantly, uh, provincial spreads have have maintained and, and have continued to be resilient, uh, and they've held firm. Uh, you know, we've seen a little bit of widening there, just a little bit of that risk off, but the overall risk off tone is not translated to, to that underperformance in provincial spreads. So you're definitely, uh, they're definitely leaning on the quality of those provincial bonds, uh, and you're not getting some of that downside that you're seeing in corporate spreads right now. And I think relative to the corporate market, uh, you know, corporate supply this year has has basically slowed to a halt. We're starting to see talks and some new issues come up uh, recently, but it's been a very, very dry year for new issue supply. You know, provincial spot supply has, has maintained the expected pace right now. They're, uh, they're actually exceeding their targets uh, so far this year. I think uh, if you look at the aggregate supply for the year, it's about 18% of their total funding needs. Uh, and we've gone through about 15% of the fiscal year. So they're outpacing uh, 
what the expectations were on supply just uh, slightly, uh, but we haven't seen any any weakness. We've seen the market absorb this quite well, which is which is very promising um, as we look forward. You know, we haven't seen that widening of those concessions that have kind of plagued the corporate market. So again, kind of showing that the provincial spread, the provincial market has has been able to withstand some of the volatility that we've seen early in 2022. You know, so if you are an investor who is looking to reduce that credit risk in your portfolio, you know, kind of move uh, move up the credit curve, kind of get into a little bit more quality assets. Um, you know, I would choose provincial exposure versus that federal exposure right now. If I if I was tra- um, making a decision on a, on a trade off of of how to improve my quality in my portfolio, I think that would be provincial um, allocation would be prudent for the period ahead. You know, I think as rates continue to rise, uh, provincial spreads right now range from about 20 basis points to 89 basis points as you as you move across the curve. Uh, that um, those spreads right there, uh, although um, are a little bit tight relative to some uh, some some as we're looking at historically, uh, I do think that'll help offset some of the downside risk in in federal bonds where you're going to get hit from. Rising rates, so you know. I think if you are looking to improve the quality of your portfolio, I think ZPS, ZNP, and ZPL are all uh, strong options right now as a way to uh, you know still enhance your yield, uh, still provide a little bit of uh, extra protection from rising rates, but you're also taking uh, less credit risk uh, by by taking that provincial exposure versus the corporate exposure. That being said, though, um, as I look ahead. I do think that corporate spreads are starting to look attractive, uh, you know, given the continued widening that we have seen this year. You know, so if I was an investor who wasn't concerned about additional credit risk or, uh, you know, I was on that, that cusp of, of uh, my credit allocation, I was comfortable with that going forward. Um, I would look at that additional 100 basis points of yield that you get from corporate bonds versus probies as a way to play the current market and, and say, okay, well, if rates are going to be rising, that extra 100 basis points gives you an extra bit of cushion. Um, as well, if you look at where credit spreads are, corporates versus provies, you are looking at much wider uh, than historical on the corporate side than the provincial wide. So I think um, if the market normalizes, if we get a little bit more risk on tone, I think that there is upside in corporate bonds in terms of getting the ability to have corporate spread tightening and taking advantage of that. So, you know, I think uh, for those investors who are comfortable with credit risk right now and credit, um, I do see at this as a potential buying opportunity. They do look cheap relative to provincial bonds uh, and federal bonds, and they should help you navigate uh, a rocky interest rate environment going forward. So in, in, in the current market, I consider uh, products like ZCS, so a short corporate bond, ZQB, our quality corporate bond, and ZQB. CDB are uh, corporate discount bond as ways to um, as ways to kind of play that those corporate spreads, but while also maintaining a shorter duration than than the universe. Great, thanks for that, Matt. Always good to get an update on different areas of the bond market where we've got some pretty unique ETF offerings. So appreciate that update. If you're looking for essential information on BMO ETFs at a glance, check out the monthly momentum report, What's Trending? Consistent, comprehensive updates that feature performance numbers for all of BMO's ETFs, as well as easy-to-read charts and breakdowns by asset class and sector. Staying up to date has never been simpler. 
Access what's trending anytime at bmoetfs.ca. Let's switch gears now and talk about ZGI, our Global Infrastructure ETF, uh, which has certainly been noticeable to advisors in terms of, you know, really outperforming the market of late. And as they look for, I guess, full beta um, opportunities to step away from the market uh, into into ETFs with less exposure to the market, less beta, certainly ZGI does come up. Uh, and the performance of late has been quite compelling. So your comments on what is driving the infrastructure market uh, and perhaps as well touch on inflation uh, and the ability to withstand some of that with the underlying contracts these companies have. Thanks. I can take this one, Mark. And yeah, we've seen extremely strong performance in the GI year data. You know, global infrastructure stocks have, have out paced, uh, you know, broad indices globally. You know, investors continue to search for alternatives uh, to beta uh, that can help protect them uh, in kind of these invo- uh, these volatile inflationary uh, times and environment that we're, we're currently uh, experiencing. So I think a lot of defensive investors have uh, continually turned to ZGI as a way to invest in a liquid alternative uh, to infrastructure. You know, we see this on the institutional side. A lot of our institutional investors have used ZGI as a liquid proxy to their uh, long-term infrastructure assets. You know, it's an excellent complement to to enhance liquidity and transparency within their portfolios. So we see ZGI used institutionally uh, from that perspective. Um, you know, but from an attribution perspective, you know, why has ZGI fared so well? Um, you know, in an inflationary environment, you know, in- infrastructure is very well positioned because generally the revenues and cash flows um, are long-term in nature and they're linked to inflation. So you have that natural hedge there uh, to protect yourself. So I think this is a key factor for investors who are looking to, you know, protect against that inflation drag uh, and looking for companies that it will have sustainable uh, cash flows will have resilient business models and, and resilient cash flows uh, going well into the future. So, you know, that's where something that like infrastructure, that's why it outperforms in, in these types of inflationary environments. From an attribution perspective, you know, about a third of the portfolio is uh, in the energy sector, you know, uh, and given the moves we've seen this year, you know, energy has strongly outperformed, uh, providing the GI with, with some nice outperformance uh, from that front. Looking at another sector, looking at utility exposure, which you know generally you think could be vulnerable in a in a rising rate environment. Uh, you know we've seen utilities maintain their price uh, level in in this uh, in in the current period. You know CIBC Capital Markets actually just put out uh, this past weekend a great piece on the utility sector, um, and basically the 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 um, the context and the the thesis or or the conclusion was that valuations continue to look strong and resilient. Uh, and, and it's their belief that they should be able to withstand uh, higher rates for longer than we've seen in the past. Uh, and that it, that we are in a unique environment and that utilities uh, currently are well positioned to, to outperform uh, and maintain uh, their resiliency uh, throughout, the, uh, throughout the near and, and midterm. So that's something that, that's great to look forward to, especially for or something that you may expect to have some weakness in this environment. It's great to see that there's, there's some uh, posit- positivity from a valuation perspective in, in that su- uh, subsector of ZGI. 
Finally, uh, ZGA does provide uh, some growth exposure, you know, but, but that growth from like an infrastructure lens. So, you know, exposure to cell tower REITs is, is a way for investors to play kind of that growth anger, that, that, that longer term infra- infrastructure, um, you know, with the rise of 5G and digital infrastructure, you know, these cell tower REITs should be a nice growth engine for ZGI well into the future. Uh, as well, uh, you know, we did just launch another ETF uh, focusing on this space called TOWR, so Tower, and we're partnering with the infrastructure leaders at Brookfield. You know, this ETF will give you even more targeted exposure to kind of that subsector uh, and that little growth area um, uh, to put uh, some more pure play exposure uh, in that developing space. So, you know, ZGI definitely has. Uh, exposure to that, which is some great upside long-term. But if you're looking for even more specific exposure to that specific space, you know, that could be a, a new complement to your uh, to your portfolio. So that was T-O-W-R. Uh, but overall, I think ZGI has performed well and has some uh, excellent growth prospects going forward. You know, it's, it's an excellent way for defensive investors who are looking for like, you know, that, that alternative to just traditional beta uh, and to protect themselves you know, providing some some non less correlated or non correlated assets to their portfolio while maintaining optimal liquidity, uh, which is not necessarily always the case in a, in a traditional infrastructure uh, portfolio. So ZGI continues to uh, perform well, and I think uh, it's definitely something to consider to add and complement uh, the rest of your portfolio, uh, given the the volatility uh, that we expect in markets, uh, kind of in the near to midterm. Great. Thanks for that, Matt. And just to add on one quick one, the fact that uh, a lot of the underlying contracts are actually tied to inflation uh, really makes the asset class appealing. And then, as you say, grabbing it in a liquid ETF form certainly appealing for, for advisors. We've got one more question that's come in today. Uh, certainly, we've gone through the Canadian bank earnings for the quarter. Can you comment on results and what that might mean for your outlook? on ZEB or Equal Banks and ZWB or Public Cloud Banks for the remainder of the year. Thanks. Thanks, Mark. And yeah, we're, we're through the earnings season for Canadian banks here. And I would say, you know, on average, uh, you know, across the board, it was, a, it was a slight positive in terms of uh, the earnings season here and what we saw. Certainly a mixed bag across the six major banks uh, here in Canada, but uh, for the most part, uh, more positive than negative. Uh, we'll, we'll put it that way. I, I would say, you know, where the banks saw most of the, the strength is in their loan books and mortgages. And so that reflects um, strong, positive uh, economic activity and economic growth. Uh, and so, you know, certainly a good thing to see there uh, in terms of where the revenue has been coming from and a, a positive indication of uh, the, the Canadian economy. Um, you know, we did see costs in general, you know, starting to, to move up as well. Um, you know, cost pressures are, are certainly everywhere and the banks are no different uh, in terms of uh, labor markets and things like that. So that's probably something to keep an eye on uh, in terms of uh, the expense side of things. And then loan loss provisions as well, starting to creep up a little bit. Um, but that's probably prudent that the banks are doing that now in advance of, again, what we're, what is likely going to be a, a bit of an economic slowdown. So probably good to see those steps being taken now. Uh, before that happens. Um, on average as well across the board, we saw dividends 
slightly go up by about 5% or so on average um, across the six uh, major banks. And so, you know, for income-oriented investors, Canadian banks still look like a, a great place to be. I think increasing those dividends also shows the confidence management has uh, in the face of, again, those rising expenses and those uh, rising potential loan losses or those loan loss provisions anyway. Um, at the same time, we also have both uh, Bank of Montreal and TD going through the process of uh, closing some major deals south of the border. So, um, you know, those banks will probably have a little bit of a hit to their tier one ratios um, once that goes through. And that's going to take a, a few quarters for each of those to close. Um, but those are the banks that are kind of in the healthiest position to start with. And so, um, you know, we probably won't see huge, huge dividend increases coming out of those. A couple banks, at least until those uh, transactions are in the rearview mirror. In terms of you know what that means going forward and for the rest of the year, again, there's positive underlying implications of what the the loan book is for for the Canadian banks and the mortgage market. And so again, those are positives um, that we think can can hopefully continue for the rest of the year. Uh, but at the same time, you know we're talking about again a slowdown in, in GDP and slowdown in economic growth. Uh, you know, certainly Canada's uh, Q1 GDP number just came out recently, um, you know, much lower than uh, what was expected. It came in at about 3.1 uh, versus 5.2 expectations. You know, 3.1 in most uh, uh, economic uh, conditions would be a, a very positive growth number. But uh, in terms of what we've seen recently, uh, a little bit of a, a, a letdown in terms of economic growth and, and what we were expecting here in Canada. So, you know, for investors that are looking at how to play the banks going forward. Uh, we always think, you know, ZWB for income-oriented investors makes a lot of sense for investors that are, you know, drawing uh, those dividends and taking those those monthly payments and using them to fund uh, their lifestyle or or what have you. You know, ZWB does a great job of adding that additional layer of income stream on top of just those dividends. So for income-oriented investors, we continue to favor the ZWB. For investors um, also that are a little concerned about that, that GDP print and potential slowdown um, in economic growth, we think ZWB makes a lot of sense there as well. You know, of course, the banks overall, especially in Canada, are very tied to economic activity. Uh, and so, you know, it's really a good proxy for uh, your view on economic growth going forward. Um, if you're very favorable and think, you know, Canada is going to rebound from that 3.1 in the first quarter, um, and see some some higher numbers through the back end of the year. You know, ZEB is probably the better place to um, to invest, as there's a bit more balance between dividends um, and growth potential uh, with that fund. And so you get a little bit more growth potential with the ZEB. And again, for investors that are a little bit more concerned of a slowdown, um, but still want to be in that equity market and still want exposure to the banks, you know, ZWB takes a little bit of that growth potential off and, and, and converts it into more consistent income through the options overlay, the covered call overlay that we run there. So um, good to have two different options here for Canadian investors looking at the banks. You know, it's such an important part of the overall, um, you know, Canadian uh, equity markets. Uh, and so a lot of, uh, a lot of eyes tend to be on these during these earnings seasons. And again, a relatively positive earnings season, but nothing blowing the doors off. Um, and that'll set the stage for, uh, for, for the second half of 2022. Great. Thanks for that, Chris. And that's all the questions we have for this week. So I want to thank everyone for listening in. Once again, we really appreciate your time. 
And of course, thanks go out to both Matt and Chris. Uh, some great answers today, covering a lot of different topics, giving us lots to think about as we approach this next Bank of Canada announcement. So lots going on in the marketplace. So appreciate your insights. So with that, I just want to thank everyone one last time and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you to Mark Rays, Chris McCanny, and Matt Montemuro for joining us on the BMO ETFs podcast. Today, we heard about the BMO Short Provincial Bond Index ETF, ticker ZPS, which can provide enhanced yield and protection against rising interest rates with less credit risk than federal or corporate bonds. Our experts also discussed the BMO Global Infrastructure Index ETF, ticker ZGI, which is an excellent consideration for defensive investors looking for optimal liquidity and protection against volatility through assets that are less correlated to the broader markets. For more information about the ETFs discussed in this podcast, check out the episode notes, contact your regional BMO ETF specialist, or visit the new and improved Canadian ETF dashboard at bmoetfs.ca. That's bmoetfs.ca. The viewpoints expressed by the portfolio managers represent their assessment of the markets at the time of publication. Those views are subject to change without notice at any time without any kind of notice. The information contained herein is not and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice to any party. Investments should be evaluated relative to the individual's investment objectives, and professional advice should be obtained with respect to any circumstance. Any statement that necessarily depends on future events may be a forward-looking statement. Forward-looking statements are not guarantees of performance. Views from the Desk has been brought to you by BMO Global Asset Management.